Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Heart of Sports with Jason Springer and Jeff Cohen. We are thrilled to join you on 610 ESPN, ready to help you move into the weekend, talking about all the news in the world of sports. I want to introduce my guest this week, Jeff Cohen. Nice to meet you. How are you doing? Welcome back. I'm back from down south. <laughs> nice of you to rejoin us. It is. Um, how was your, your time in Houston? Almost two weeks? The people of Houston are our wonderful people. Okay. But I, I, do, I did miss and I do miss Philadelphia. Me. You missed me. Yes. You said that wrong. You said you missed Philadelphia. It should have been, I missed you. You are Philadelphia. That's right. I so, am so, Philadelphia. So, but I have to say, walking down the street in Philadelphia today, I looking at City Hall, the whole, you, just, you just don't realize how much you miss the city until you're not here for a couple weeks. And I was away for, on business. So, so uh, you're back now. You did go see a Houston Rockets game, not the one when they played the Sixers because they were in Philadelphia. Correct. <laughs> but but, uh, but I, I can also tell you that, that I miss the Sixers because they actually play basketball as opposed to appear to play an elaborate game of horse. Yeah, you came in studio crotchety because <laughs> of the, the game that Houston plays with the three-pointers. It's sort of like the shift to you. You like real basketball, not three-point contests. Uh, I, which is what it was. I mean, they, they literally, they, not both teams combined. The Houston Rockets shot over 63 points. They were getting ready for All-Star Weekend. It, it's ridiculous. I mean, there there is, that's not basketball. It literally is just a three-point contest. Well, it, it, it is basketball, but it's, it's, it's not like basketball that you they, like. They seem to think in Houston that that three-point line that's on the court is like a force field. And you can't go... In front of it, you have to stand behind it to shoot the ball. Okay. Um, while you were there, we'll get to your Sixers watching in Houston. Mm-hmm. Did you watch the AFC and NFC championships in Houston? I did. What was there fan reaction there? Did you hear any of the, the radio or, or feel for it, or do they not care? No, I did not listen to sports talk radio. I was I was kind of come on, Jeff. <laughs> you need to do a little research, a little scouting. Um, <laughs> the research was watching the games, and then I, the people that I had run into were all. Everybody had an opinion of whether or not the Saints should still be in the playoffs or not. Okay, so that was the which I they can have their opinions, but the fact they is, were all wrong. It's over. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so it was a slow start for the Rams for the game. Uh, they had 15 yards in the first quarter. Uh, Saints had 125. Rams rarely had the ball. Okay, so I have a question just on that first quarter. Yes. Do we know whether or not Todd Gurley is? Was hurt? He Be- said he, he said no. wasn't, basically. Yeah, but but they kept showing him on the sidelines, on the bike, bouncing around, stretching out, and he didn't do anything. And the Saints' defense is well, not that, is that good. An, is that an injured versus hurt conversation? Like, he's not hurt to the point that he's so injured that he can't play, but he's hurt that he's not effective to the point where they had their other running back really making a difference and, and running well. At that point, is it that one of those situations? I don't, I don't know, but, but I could tell you. I mean, Todd Gurley is a great running back, and instead they put in a guy who had been unsigned and appears to have almost eaten his way out of the league. But now is rejuvenating his career yeah, and, as a bowling ball. Yeah, I mean, he, 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 he is a looks, wrecking ball. He looks like Jerome Bettis used to look. I mean, he he looks like the bus. All right, Mister Critique, you came back and you're yeah. doing analysis of all that. Uh-huh. Okay, cool. Um. Everything I could stay for the rest of the show. Yeah, oh, you, you, you brought back a little uh, edge to yourself today. Everything <laughs> changed with a fake punt. Yeah, and then everything changed again with a penalty at the end of the game. Is there anything else to like talk about? No, like nothing else happened in that game. You know, th- this is where that's the I, game. Apparently, according to people, 
The, I, I wish the, we could be on in, in New Orleans all, just for one week. All that happened in that game yeah. was a penalty mm-hmm. that wasn't a penalty. And that was the that only, apparently was that was the only bad penalty that in the apparently game, right? was a finable twenty nine thousand dollars he got fined. So today. so let's let's take some steps back to right. what happened in the game. Okay. okay, in that that particular play, are you? What's the reaction at the bar where you're watching there? It's a penalty. I mean, everybody that, goes crazy. There is, there, yeah. I mean, I was I was at a bar watching the game, and everybody's going, "How did he miss that?" I mean, you you didn't have to watch it in replay to see that. He never looked back. I mean, whatever happened to if you don't it was look two back? two penalties. Yeah, but whatever happened to if you don't even turn back to the ball, that it's basically shielding. That, that, that you're not supposed to be able to do that. So you have that part of it. Then you have him launching his helmet into the other guy's helmet. So there, and, and the ref is literally standing right there. So I don't know what he was looking at. But once you don't... And, and the best part is, if you watch Roby Coleman, he immediately looks back, and after the game, what did he say? I was looking for the flag. Yeah. He goes... I, he he knew it. He basically said that he purposely committed a penalty because he, he thought beat. he had beat. Yeah, he thought he was beat, so he committed the penalty. And if you look at it, the clock probably would have run off. Lots of stuff happened leading up to that point, though. Okay, but but so let's dissect Roby Coleman's comment after the game, that, that he... Wanted to, he would rather commit the penalty than possibly give up the touchdown. Did he, did he not realize that the whole point was that if he commits the penalty, they get a first down and they can run out the clock? Apparently not. So <laughs> he's not nearly as smart as Brandon Cooks, who you you he caught your eye. Brandon Cooks. So at the, I mean, are we done with the penalty, or we'll go back to the we'll penalty? go back to okay. it. So, We're never done with penalties so at, in the at, NFL. At the end of the game. Jared Groff incorrectly decides that he's going to pass the ball. They already have a 57-yard potential field goal in the works, and he decides he's going to pass the ball behind the line of scrimmage. Not a good Four play. yards behind it. If Cooks catches the ball and gets nailed because there's somebody right there, it now becomes a 61-yard field goal attempt. Cooks purposely dropped the ball, and Goff said, I should have thrown it at his feet. I should never have thrown it so he should he could catch it. So he th- was thankful that Cooks was the smarter of the two. That was a pretty – you know, it reminds me of the play years ago where guy stops it at the goal line instead of scoring the touchdown. Yeah, and, so, and lays down. I mean, that's, right. that's Brian Westbrook. Mm-hmm. That was his play. I mean, that that's what you want from your players. Now, look, I mean, this was the fifth overtime game in the NFC Conference Championship in the last 12 years. And with the game after it going to overtime, mm-hmm. it's the first time the games in the playoffs since Super Bowl have been uh, have been gone actually to overtime since mm-hmm. the Patriots played the Falcons. It's the first overtime game. It's the first time ever there's both been overtime right. games in both of them. Mm-hmm. Rams are also the first road team to win the conference championship. The Ravens since the Ravens and Forty Niners did it in 2012, 14 and three on the road. Didn't score any ratings, man. Nobody watched. It's the Rams versus the Saints. People, not, that, that L.A. market yeah. is they aren't into football. Well, see, and that and that's that's the bigger problem that the NFL has to worry about long term is the Rams did their part. Okay, so they move back. They're building the big fancy stadium. And guess what? Nobody, nobody cares. cares. And and when the Super Bowl comes around, Nobody's there's going to be care. nobody in Rams clothing. No. It's going to be all be a Patriots very Patriots people. Right. crowd. Yeah. And I mean, I know that you don't care as much about ratings as I do, but it drew a 27.1. That's the lowest figure for the earlier championship window mm-hmm. since 49ers Falcons in 2013. 
not what the NFL wanted to see after the season that they've had, right. where they've had ratings up They'll be pre- fine. predominantly through the season. They'll be fine. So any other... Okay. So Coleman now yeah. gets fined right. for the non-call. For the, hel- for the helmet to helmet. For the hit. helmet to helmet. Right. Well, that, you can do that afterwards, but it just shows you how bad a But the NFL still hasn't was. talked about the non-call. Hold on. All right. Now, according to Sean Payton... He got a call from the league afterwards. Publicly. Huh? They've said nothing no, no. publicly. Oh, no on. statement. You're not even going to let me finish this, are you? I've been... I'm going back to Houston. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't send me back. <laughs> uh, so so he got, Sean Payton got a call from the league saying, we committed a boo-boo. Mm-hmm. Benjamin Watson sitting there calling out the commissioner saying that he needs to do something if the league's going to have any credibility. So- First, I want to ask you, what do you want them to do? Acknowledge that they were wrong, not no. through a coach. Why? What does that do? Because you're the league. You oversee the referees, and you've had problems all season. What does it with do? This. It makes clear that you're not that you don't find what happened acceptable. That your refs missed it. That somebody's going to be disciplined. That something's going to happen. I'm not saying replay a football game. Uh-huh. I'm saying. All season long. Well, that there would has be been you because there are people that want to There has been the an inconsistency game. with the officiating in this league in particular. Correct? There, there's been constant questions about, are you throwing a flag on yes, me? I, I just threw a flag on you. Will they throw a flag every like other play? No, I can't believe you brought a yellow flag in studio. <laughs> For real? The guys on the other That's side right. of the glass are like loving the fact That's that right. you did that. Look, I'm, I'm now like You're a, an NFL official guy. at this I'm point. I'm a prop guy. No, look. But that's the thing. They drop a flag on every play, and they didn't drop a flag. He he made a mistake. We all know it's a mistake. It serves no purpose for the league to come out and basically flog itself. I mean, oh, I think they have to because no, they go- don't because they're going to have to look at whether or not they change the rule and allow it to be reviewable. Then fine. Then then they can do that after the season. Right now, you have. Why do you want to take if 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 I own the league? If this was my product, why would I spend the next two weeks talking about the fact that the wrong team is in the Super Bowl? No, no, that conversation is going to go on regardless of whether the no, NFL but, comments. No, but they're not going to. They're not going to deal with it. They didn't. Uh, they, uh, you, you all you're going to do is put fuel on the fire. That's it. Oh, if, I think that fire is going strong. No, regardless. But, but look, you you know the way that 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 sports media works. All media works at, at this point. It, it doesn't work the way you in your fantasy world that you think it's going to work, which is they're going to apologize and move on. It's not because then remember he has a state of the, the league address on the Friday before the Super Bowl. He's definitely going to be asked about it. What's he going to say? He, and he's going to say, we'll address it after the season and that's move on. That's so it. why didn't they put that statement out? Because that wouldn't satisfy anybody. But they're going to say it anyway. He's going to say it because he's already doing his state of the, state of the league address. That's the only reason he's going to say it. And he's going to say it one time and he's going to move on. The league, and, and why did it take away from the Rams at this point? The league, in my opinion, cannot embrace all the avenues they are, whether it is through gaming or through other avenues. Have these penalties continue to happen and try not to acknowledge it. They're human beings. There is human error in the game. But they should have thrown the flag and then didn't. decided whether they were going to pick it up. Wait, wait, wait. If 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 the they ref- err on a flag on almost every play and then pick it up, 
just like you are right now on everything I say. The one time it's clear as day, the person on top of the damn building could have seen it through the roof. What you just said makes absolutely no sense. You never think anything I say makes sense. Your argument is is that they should have erred on the side of caution and thrown the flag, then reviewed it, right? They should have erred on the side that it was a flag. It was a penalty. It's not like he sat there and thought it out. I'm just saying. No, but you, but you're you're assuming that there is a long thought process that goes out. If this, then do this, then then this. The ref missed the you call. Lose a, it's you're that a simple. lawyer. You lose a case. You don't have to acknowledge it to the client that you lost. Your client is the fan base. That is not the your same client thing. is the team. You have to acknowledge that you screwed up. No, that's not the same thing. Why don't you think they have to acknowledge they screwed up? I think they did not acknowledge it, and I think they will. I don't. They think didn't. A, a head coach acknowledged it. They acknowledged it to the person that they thought that it was most important to acknowledge it to, which was the head coach. There is there you you want them to come out, and you want the public flogging. I don't want a public flogging. But I that, want that, changes. Well, then, but that has okay. So you'll get your changes in the off season. I don't believe I'm going to get my changes. I you believe they're going to put their head the in their sand Wrong. and try and bury it like they do every year. No, next year there will be in limited circumstances. There's going to be pass interference that's going to be reviewable. That's what's going to happen, and that's what you really want. So if let's let's in in your world, okay, you don't so, like my world. So in your world, if you get that, yes, are you happy? No, it's not uh, about see, the review. See, at, uh, you just it's about wait, wait, wait. the inconsistency. You just in made the my point because I just I just gave you exactly what you want in the end, what you said you wanted, and now you're saying it's not enough. Which is my point. This is why the NFL shouldn't do it. No, it's no. I'm not saying yeah. what they need to do is acknowledge that it's wrong and say that they are going to make changes right. in the way that these games are managed. Whether it's reviewing How? or an additional official or clarifying the rule on what it is or any of five things, not just putting your head that, in the sand. I gave you in what was what you wanted in Jason's world, and you just added four more things, and that's that's my point. Nobody will ever be satisfied because until they fix it, you're just going to be replaying certain things, and I don't want replay everywhere. What what, do, what will make you satisfied? Give me the results. Don't give me the them ifs. to actually get the calls right. Finally, okay. Well, that that ship has sailed. For this particular, I don't call. understand why that's sailed. So, so why is it so hard? You have one so, job. You're a ref. Get it right. The pass I get, is, I the get paid to communicate with people. If I don't communicate well, I get fired. You're a ref. Your job is to call the penalty. He if you will can't get call fired. the penalty. Get out. He'll get fired. Okay. So if you get if he gets fired, will you then be happy? No. Uh, if somebody's I, there, they can actually the, call the penalty. We, we could spend seven hours straight on the air, and I could keep giving you ifs, and at the end of it, and, and say, will you then be happy? And you'll say no, because because there's you have always like a, more. Do you have an official shirt on underneath that little pullover thing? No, but if you'd like I to I mean, you've got one, the flag, but right? like you're, you're, you're flying the flag for the refs here pretty high, no, and I'm I don't not. understand I, it. I, I am flying the flag for reality and, and for human... Involvement All in right. the game. In so, reality, Andy Reid still is not going to the. Well, Super no, Bowl. wait, wait, wait. Cause, so, cause, so we're. I, I was waiting for your next thing. Are you also one of these people who think that the Saints fans who filed the lawsuit against the league? No, I think they're ridiculous. Okay, so, so, so there actually is a line you have. Yes, I okay. think there were. I didn't think the game should have been overturned. Mm-hmm. I didn't like the contest is over. It's done. You're not right. going to change the result. Uh huh. 
but acknowledging that there was a screw up in order to fix it going forward. They did. They did, and they will. They didn't publicly. We'll leave that there because right. we're not going to agree. Uh-huh. Can we agree that Andy Reid's still not in the Super Bowl? Sure. Do you feel bad for Big Red? No, I don't. I don't. Brett, really. how you doing over there as a Chiefs fan? After uh, the Chiefs didn't make he's it, he's not a Chiefs fan. I am a Chiefs fan. He's, he puts on a Chiefs sweatshirt. Okay, fine. He says he's a Chiefs L- fan. Look, I have a Rockets hat on my head, kind of right now. Am I a Rockets fan? Yes. No, I'm not. <laughs> Brett, why would you get the hat? Because I needed a hat because I was in Texas for two weeks and I needed to go outside. At oh, times, so you wanted to blend right in, Brett? Exactly. Uh, are you in mourning? Yeah, still in mourning. All right. Thanks for joining the show. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, so a- Andy Reid fired Bob Sutton, so is problem solved? No, they had a problem with players as much as they did plays that were being yeah. called. I mean, their stars did not produce on the biggest stage. Their defense did not produce. Neither did, I mean, Tyreek Hill had like one catch for right. 40 yards. Travis Kelsey had three yeah, catches. But, but, to me, but to me, that was expected. I mean, the, the one thing that you their can... Their defense really didn't show. There, uh, you can count every game that matters on one thing, which is Bill Belichick will find a way to make sure they take away their best weapon. Tyreek Hill was their best weapon. They took him away. That, and then the rest of the team has to step up. I, I do that should like have been move. Kelsey. I do like the move, though, because I like Steve Spagnola as a coach. Right. And so I think as a defensive coordinator. It made more sense than Rex Ryan. Yes. Can you it, picture Rex Ryan and Andy Reid getting along for a whole season? No. Rex Ryan would have been undermining him left and right. Not at all. Yeah. But the end of this game mm-hmm. turned into an absolute shootout. Yep. Last seven minutes and 45 seconds, five touchdowns, 231 yards. That equaled ratings, 53.9 million viewers. I was wondering, you had to get the ratings. 53.9 million viewers, the second most watched AFC championship game in 42 years. Right. It's more than twice as many. And by the way, you think it had anything to do with the quarterbacks? Because people say it doesn't matter. Oh, it had everything to do with the quarterbacks in the game. But think about this. It had twice as many viewers as the Academy Awards last year, Mm -hmm. three times as many viewers as the most watched World Series and NBA Finals games last year. So for people saying that the NFL isn't the beast, NFL is Mm -hmm. is the beast. That's what it is. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. Your thoughts on Tom Brady. (laughs) Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback <laughs> ever. And anybody who thinks he's not, I don't know what they're smoking because there is – I don't know what you need to do. Every year we go through this, okay? He's going to what? His ninth? Ninth and 18 seasons. Ninth Super Bowl. In okay? 18 seasons. Usually, Think about that. You and, and how many Hall of Fame wide receivers has he thrown the ball to? He is the None. only player active. I'm sorry, Randy Moss for a season. But. So the Rams – played the, the right. Patriots in 2001. Mm-hmm. He's the only player from that game on either roster that started that's still active. Yeah. The only. Uh, and let me ask you a question. So the Chiefs scored in regulation with how much time left? Two minutes and a couple. You knew. So the second the second that ball crossed the plane, what did – how many people watched the game? 53 million – 53.9 million people watched the game. I can guarantee you that at that moment in American history, every one of 53.9 million people was thinking the exact same thing. What was it? That Tom Brady's going to come down and win they, this. The same thing that Eagles they fans... They left them with too much the, time, the right? The same thing that Eagles fans were thinking in the Super Bowl before right. Brandon Graham forced a fumble, right. frankly. I mean, that's what it was. Uh-huh. So I have a question you for you for Eagles fans. I'm going to get back to this for a se- in a second. Yeah. But for rooting interests next weekend, as an Eagles fan, 
do I root for the Rams because I don't like the Patriots? Yeah. Or do I root for the Patriots because it enhances the Eagles' legacy that they were one of the teams to knock them well, off in the Rams? You couldn't. really need some sort of motivation to watch a sports event? No, I need no motivation I was at all. Say, you're the same person I, who watches I will like, watch it regardless if they right. played in an empty arena in the dark it would in the never middle cross of the night. My, I, I, I'm just going to root for a good it game. Came, it came up from a friend the other day, yeah. and I wasn't sure what the answer is. They believe that you should root what for it, New what, England. After hours of toiling over, what did you come to? I don't, I don't have an answer. I came to you my still t- don't have an answer. I came to my typical answer. I'm right on the fence in the middle there. <laughs> there we go. I'm, I'm right there. You know where I am. Oh, boy. But it was a question that somebody asked me, yeah. and I'm like, I don't know. You know, what's the difference? I'm going to root for a good game. Like, I don't really root for either team, generally. I might have rooted for Andy Reid if Kansas City the was Rams, there. The Rams are just kind of nondescript as a team. I mean, other than Aaron Donald, they don't really have personalities, right? I mean, I don't know them. <sighs> <laughs> you missed me. Oh, be honest. Man. Can we talk about kicking for a second? Sure. There was some clutch kicking on Championship Sunday for as bad as Greg the kicking Malek. was all season. Mm-hmm. Nine field goals, 12 for 12 on extra points, field goals to force overtime, field goal as a game winner. Clutch, clutch kicking that day. Enough said on kicking. Yeah. All right, I got a question. Are you, for are you forgetting Cody Parkey? That didn't I know, happen but in that, that was game. the week before. But that's what I'm saying. The season's been the inconsistency <laughs> right. of kickers, and they nailed well, no, it. No, Cody Parkey was consistent. Apparently, they're, <laughs> he apparently they're, right a lot. they're bringing like five or six kickers nine. in. Nine? They're up to nine. Now. Nine kickers? Yeah. I don't, right. know, I don't know what the rush is now. I mean, the Super Bowl hasn't happened yet, and the Bears are worried about kicking for next year. <laughs> right. Yeah. So the Super Bowl hype begins... Um, I know you're disappointed that I have no Pro Bowl talk. <laughs> Did you watch the Pro Bowl skills competition no, last night? No, no. Come on. No. I know you were sitting at home no. watching that. Didn't, didn't they have a, It was actually kind of entertaining. Uh, I, I read this morning that the dodge, they had a dodgeball yes, competition. They had a dodgeball. Barkley, did he win? He won it. They, they had dodgeball. They had um, an obstacle course of so, catches. Like so you had how to, long till somebody blows out an ACL in, in the that happened? Before it, but that happened years ago on yeah, the, that beach was the football. Beach volleyball. The beach, yeah. Oh, it was it beach was, football? I think, yeah. Yeah, somebody hurt themselves right. and and were seriously out. I'd look if it's. Can we please please get rid of the purple? Um, who wants it? The people in Orlando. Okay. Uh, who cares about them? The they, people, they have Disney World. The what, people what, who this, get to they, the people who get to go with the people that get selected. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but the, but it's it's Orlando. I mean, nothing personal. Did you see the when Jets, it was in Hawaii? Did, did you if see I were the a Jets player. player, tackle the Patriots mascot yesterday. Yeah. The, it, see, that's the big news out of the Pro Bowl. That was the big news out right. of the Pro Bowl. Yesterday. So so that of tells you the, the Pro Bowl should go by. Of all the All Star games, this is the one taken least seriously by the players. It seems it's a joke. It's, Nobody's it, go, uh, nobody is going to risk getting hurt by you know launching themselves at somebody else. Will you watch? No, I I can honestly tell you I have not watched a Pro Bowl even like three minutes of it in fifteen years. Okay, but do you watch other All Star games? Yeah, you know, I mean, I was at the MLB All Star game. Well, I know in, you, in you watch anything baseball, right? I mean, a couple kids. No, I watch the NBA. I'll, I'll even watch the. That. I'll even watch the NHL. You'll watch the NHL. Yeah, I like the new the format they have with the three on three competition. Okay, we're gonna get to that yeah, in the next okay. segment. Um, 
ads. Yeah. Um, it's already started coming up. Every oh, year it comes no. up. Something gets rejected. Oh, um, no. While they run all the alcohol commercials, they yeah. rejected a medical marijuana commercial. Your wait, thoughts? Wait, wait, wait to just lead into that, right? Your thoughts? Like, like we don't know where your position is. Your thoughts. <laughs> I think it's ridiculous. I think My who position cares? is clear. I think who cares? If they if they don't so want to run stupid. a commercial, don't run a commercial. Who cares? So stupid. So you're saying stupid that they're not running it? Yes. Is it Are you saying they should have to run it? No, but it's medicine. They're not advocating for recreational oh, marijuana Oh, give me use. a break. It's for medicine. It's, it's medicinal marijuana, Jeff. Okay. All right, Grandpa. All right. Get off the porch. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, sports gambling. Or beginning. stay on the porch. Stay, stay as on the long porch. As, I have a, as, as long as I have a prescription, right? Stay on the porch. Rams are the designated <laughs> home team. They're going to wear their throwback blue and golds. Thank goodness, because the, the white and blue helmets They're are ridiculous. Ugly. They're ugly. Yeah. All right. I'm going to leave the Super Bowl there, because we'll have more next week for that. Yeah. You're going to have prop bets up the wazoo. Oh, I've right? got prop yeah. bets for uh-huh. you, Jeff. Don't you worry. i got mm-hmm. some fun ones compared to other leagues. Um, did you get the news in Houston that there was a story about Carson Wentz this week? <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> did you happen to? Now, now, keep in mind, Nick Foles is actually like a legend in, in Texas. Yes. So yeah. so they care about They this. actually do care about Nick Foles down there. Billy Voice had a story this week. Uh, lots of I didn't go anonymous. To North, I didn't go to North Dakota to check on their opinions. But. Lots of anonymous quotes that seemed to get on people's nerves that yep. there wasn't somebody on the record. Um, things about him, Carson Wentz being hard to coach, selfish, problem in the locker room. Mm-hmm. Um, the author and editor both say the story started at an uh, inquiry about why the offense was struggling under Mike Groh and were told that the problem was the quarterback, not the coordinator. And that's how they started looking into the story. Your initial thoughts on what you saw written and the reaction that people had for it. I think the story is ridiculous. Okay. I, I, think the, I think this is off-season. We need something to fill our time. And there are people who want Nick Foles because he was a Super Bowl MVP last year and there are people who want Carson Wentz because he was the number two pick in the draft and people are looking for stories to start their to support their positions the the fact is is that when Carson Wentz was healthy he was an MVP caliber quarterback okay do I think that he sprays the ball around as much as Nick Foles does no I don't I mean it was evident in, in in him using his tight ends is a crutch. Um, but I think that comes with maturity. And and I I mean, I have my own suspicions of who the person is that, that's whining about Multiple this. People. I, Multiple I, people. I think it's one or two people. And and the fact of the matter is, every, you have a team of 40-some-odd, 50-some-odd players. 53-man okay? And coaches, Wom, and, and coaches. Nobody is liked by everybody in the locker room. Well, and that's, that was my thing. I felt like... The story sought to interpret things that were left to interpretation. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody's bully can be another person's type A personality that argues for their point. Right. Um, somebody, you know, it, it, there's a lot of subjective, oh, he plays favorites. Maybe that was the person he felt most comfortable with. Mm-hmm. It, there, there could be nondescript reasons and answers to this. Apparently... Wentz's camp chose not to answer in the two weeks they were asked. My biggest problem with the story is they only gave the Eagles 40 minutes to comment on it. Um, I didn't really think that that was, you know, you can write a story, whatever you want, um, but I felt like they should have had some people on the record in there at the very least and given the Eagles a chance to comment before it came out. 
Uh, that that to me. And I listened to, we've had Evan Macy on before from the Philly Voice, the editor mm-hmm. who worked on it. I listened to him on, on our sister station, 97.5, with Mike Messinelli, and he sort of talked about how the, the genesis of the story came about, and he wondered whether the headline that he wrote, pulling out the words like selfish and, and bully and other things, overshadowed the story because a lot of people who were commenting on it said they hadn't actually read the story. Yeah, well, that's what happened. I mean, it, people are, to me, this story was a perfect example of the overreaction of sports when there's nothing, when there's a vacuum. And I think that, that this is one of those situations that I think it was unfortunate, the words they used in the headline. It obviously got them publicity by doing that. But but I think that the story is, the the reality of the story is a lot smaller than people are making it out to be. The fact is you are likely going to see Nick Foles leave. Uh, he will get more money than... He will be considered worth. They can trade him for anything, or is he just going to walk with nothing? In I return? thought he's a free agent. He's under contract for a year with both sides. The mutual right. option. Yeah. He can pay two million dollars to get out mm-hmm. of it. Um, you know, I don't think that they would franchise him. But no, they, I, they can't do that. But I do think that they might try and you know, if you're if you're the Eagles, do you try and send him to Jacksonville for Leonard Fournette, who's fallen out of favor there? Get yourself a running back. And try to I, do. Something I, I don't with want, it. I don't want Leonard Ford. I didn't say you want it. I yeah. said, do you do something like that where you try to get somebody who's not a part of the core of another team for a guy that's not going to be? No, I, th- I look. The, the they did right by him by giving him the one the million dollar bonus. I think that was a class move by Jeff Lurie. Um, but I think that the the next class move is look, Nick. You you were great for this organization. It's time to move on. We're going to let you go where you want to go. And I think that that's what's going to happen. And you have Nate Sudfeld as a, as a pretty good backup, I think. So your your last thoughts for this segment, how do you feel about the Eagles going into the offseason right now? Well, I mean, they ha- I think they're going to – they have a c- couple people that they really have to decide is it time – like Jason Peters. Is it time to, if you can get a younger offensive lineman – with the number of injuries he's had recently, as much as he's been an Iron Man through his career, is it time to find somebody else for that position? Michael Bennett, I don't know how long he's going to last. Um, there's a couple guys like that, and I think that they have to deal with that. Do and they I, bring Brandon Graham back? Do they like? There's some of those. I would definitely. Brandon Graham is not old at this point. Still, well, he's, he's still not got, old, but I think it's a salary consideration that they're going through with that. Um, you know, to find me, a, a way to make that work. It's funny you're going to hear yeah. me say that. Um, a top priority for me is I'm getting a running back, Jeff. Shocker! I uh, I think that's going to be mm-hmm. something. You important. sure you don't want to trade for another receiver instead? I'm going to go to break, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> Stick with us when we come back. I got plenty more to throw at Jeff. Are you looking for a lifeline? Verizon New Jersey Shares Communication Lifeline is a statewide nonprofit that provides assistance to individuals and families living in New Jersey. Those who are in need of temporary help in paying their communication and energy bills. Want to know how to apply? All you need to do is call Verizon New Jersey Shares at 1-888-337-3339 or visit on the web at www.newjerseyshares.org. It's quick and easy to sign up, but remember, you must be a Verizon residential landline customer to apply for eligible programs. That's Verizon New Jersey Shares, keeping the lines of communication open for you and your family. Taking you into the weekend with the latest news in the world of sports. 
with the biggest names on and off the field. It's the heart of sports each and every Friday at 4 p.m. on 610 ESPN with former players, reporters, and commentators like Adam Schefter, John Runyon, Keith Jones, Trey Thomas, and Doug Glanville. Jason Springer and Jeff Cohen cover the agony and ecstasy of fandom while weaving in conversations about the impact of sports on society. That's the heart of sports, Fridays at 4 p.m. Welcome back to the Heart of Sports on 610 ESPN. I'm Jason Springer here in studio with Jeff Cohen. All right, Jeff, um, this was a a week you've been waiting for uh, as a baseball man, as a Phillies fan. Hall of Fame. As a Roy Halladay yeah. fan. Um, Roy Halladay gets called a Hall of Fame. Uh, tell me your thoughts when you found out and your son's thoughts who wore number 34. Um, my thoughts were it was bittersweet. Um, I, I do believe that Roy Halladay is a first ballot Hall of Famer. I, I just think he was. Uh, how many pitchers in that era did you look at and when they came to the mound, you wanted to be there to watch him pitch? Um, you knew that he was going to dominate almost in every one of those games. For Philadelphia, how many pitchers do, can you re- remember? A game that a pitcher pitched. I mean, I was at the game where he threw the no hitter and against Cincinnati. And I rewatched that game, the highlights of that game the other day, and I got goosebumps watching it. it I can't. It was incredible. Tell, tell me, tell fans about that night. I mean, his command, his dominance. It, it was one of those games. First of all, there was like a mist in the air, and we, my son actually kept score during that game. I still have the card where he kept score, and, and it, it was it was drizzling, but you could just there there are those games when you feel it. And everybody around you felt it. And people started talking about it around the fifth inning. And it was just like one of those magical moments where you just said, there's no way anybody's going to hit him today. And you, you could just tell. And, you know, you never know. Somebody could bloop one in or he could throw a pitch that can be knocked out. You know, but he was, he was as close to perfect as you can be, except for when he was actually perfect in the same season. I mean, think about that. He had an, he's, he's one of two people to throw a no-hitter in the playoffs ever. And in the same season, he threw a perfect game. That was and a crazy night, too. Yeah. And well, although there were very few people there to that, see it. No, no. Everybody has tickets. That's <laughs> right. Yeah, Because they were selling. The Marlins <laughs> were trying to make money off of it that's after the you, game. That's when you know you're big time is that they sell tickets after your yeah. perfect game. Well, and people. it shows you that, in my opinion, Miami shouldn't have a baseball team. But, oh, look um, at you taking shots. Oh, I don't think Miami or Tampa should have a baseball uh, this team. This is not news. We went through that. At, I know. This is not news. But look at you taking the opportunity. Yes. But but, but back, to, back to the good part is that, I mean... There are, if you go to a, um, within the last 10 years, if you went to any little league park, you would see every team had a 34. Every single, and I could tell you every year, the kids always wanted to have 34. My kid always had a 34. I mean, it was, and it was for Roy Halladay, and it meant something because kids listened. I mean, when Roy Halladay talked, when Roy Halladay told the story about how he was sent back to the minor leagues, and how humbling it was, and having to start from scratch. Isn't that the message that you want your kids to learn from? Well, and those are the lessons that we talk about. And, and, you know, doing our High Hopes minor league rundown show last summer, how many players did we talk to I thought about in the that. Philly system mm-hmm. who talked about the influence that Roy Halladay had on them coming to spring training, being in Clearwater, working with them? Almost um, every you know, pitcher. Austin Listy, what, coached his son? 
was it on the, wasn't he on the baseball team? I think so. I don't remember um, that. But but I but I remember how that every time we would ask a pitcher right after they were signed or the first time they were sent to spring training, you know, 5 years ago or so, almost every one of them said that the the thing they remember the most was was talking to Roy Halladay and it wasn't just because they got to shake his hand. They would talk they all about had a lesson that, exactly, they, that he taught them. That that he was he was more than just a, a great pitcher who gave them a little tidbit. It was it was about hard work and it was about mental discipline and and he just seemed to be such a good guy on and off the court and it's just bittersweet Field. that he's not Field. you're oh, not I you're said, not okay, sorry. anymore. Yeah, Jeff. I know, sorry. See, now I normally that's, would let that go. That's a jet lag. Thing. I normally okay. would let that go, but you've called me out a few times recently yep. that I'm so, just going to you know, you, jump you, on that. You, you could do that. I'm that's gonna fine. I'm going to jump on that. All right. Um, he is going to go in with no team on his hat. Which just go, is another class move on my, in my it, mind. You know, the way she said it, the, what, what Brandy Halliday said was that he, he's doing it, they're doing it out of respect, the respect and love that he had for both cities. That's, I mean, that. Who could complain about that? I enjoyed reading some of the players' quotes who played with him. Uh, they were talking about the the four aces cover mm-hmm. uh, from Sports Illustrated when Halliday said we have five aces. So Joe Blanton, it was great, smiling wasn't it? faces yeah. up there with uh-huh. you know these greats in the organization and Joe Blanton, mm-hmm. and it you know that was it's from what you hear from people that was the kind of guy that he was. He was a bulldog, you know. He's a very intense, intense guy out there, but. From everything you hear and the relationship with Charlie Emanuel, who's still working with his son. His son, yep. Mm-hmm. Um, like, as a dad, that kind of stuff, I know that Roy Halladay had an influence on you and your son. Mm-hmm. So that's why I wanted to sort of ask you about that, um, sort of that impact. And I feel like you used Halliday a little bit to impart some of those lessons to Alex. I did. I mean, we, t- we, t- we would talk about, you know, if you get down, this is... What would Roy Halladay say? What would he do? Um, you know, I'd like to think I had some influence on my kid too. Nope. Uh, I'm sure Not he won't all. give me any credit. But Well, I but... asked you before the show, was he happy you're back? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll keep that off the air. Um, but but Roy Halladay, he had so much influence on people. And, and, you know, you look at his stats. I was going to say, give me some of his just crazy His stats. wins against above replacement, 64.3 in his career. So against the average pitcher, he's worth 64 more wins in his career. He was 203 and 105. You know, I mean, that's, that's incredible. And 3.38 ERA, 2,117 strikeouts, and a, walk, a whip of 1.178 for his career. Not for one season, for his career. Uh, so to me, the big question now is, and it's been that way since since he passed away, is will the Phillies now retire that number? Well, don't they kind of have to if he's in the Hall of Fame? That's what. Well, so I I asked that. I think I asked that question to you last year when he was not in the Hall of Fame, and I I thought at that time that that they should still do it, and somebody did wear his uh, his number, um, the backup catcher wore his number last year, so. Um, I hope that starting this year that, one, nobody wears it, and two, they do retire it. I think that all the other numbers the Phillies have retired have been Hall of Famers. I think that's so, what we so, went through. Uh, yeah, so I, I'm hoping that we don't see anybody ever wear 34 again except for a bunch of kids and adults in the stands. Well, it's, it's funny you say that because one of the players the Phillies go after wears number 34. And, and I think that 
look, if Bryce Harper comes here, I I would hope that the first thing that he says is, out of respect kn- for Roy Holiday, exactly. I'm changing my number. And then he will be a fan favorite like that. I was wondering what your reaction would be to that when I realized um, the number situation with Harper. So let's mm-hmm. talk about Machado and Harper for a mm-hmm. minute. Um, did you actually see, I don't know if you got the alert before the show about um, Machado's mystery team? Apparently it's the Padres. Go ahead. Go. They're interested in him. Um, he got lowballed. Did the, did from... the, did the pod... See, and and so this that's the point about the, the lowball is the pro. Do you believe that now. number that's out? So the, the Padres do. They do because there's no other way they would get involved in this. So now. what did what did the what did uh, Chicago offer? What about seven what, years and one hundred and seventy plus million dollars? Which by the way, I'll take it. To say lowball. I'll take it. Yeah, it's like you know, I, I would accept that. Uh-huh. But, you know, but I'll settle for one. But that's not the numbers we were all talking about. We were talking about ten, 30, ten plus million. years, three hundred million dollars was what the numbers were that they were talking about Machado. So now you have Machado was apparently down to three teams: the Yankees, the Phillies, and the White Sox. By the way, didn't he also say before the holiday that he was going to announce it like the first week of January? The, uh, would you stop I guess holding, he didn't say which year. But would you stop holding people to I, the things that they I, say? I am Jeff? so sorry. You know, if you could but, stop holding me to the things I say, but, but other if, people. But if I'm a front office, if I'm Brett, a general manager right now, okay, seven years, 170 plus million dollars is a lot less, and now it, now that. Is out there that brings a lot of other teams into the bidding? Yes, but it you doesn't. Know, but th- it doesn't do it in a good way. It doesn't. It doesn't bring up his number to where he thinks there is no way he's getting two hundred and fifty million dollars at this point. Sadly for him, uh, I hope he can get by. Who was a player a few years ago? Was it Latrell Spiro who, who said that he couldn't feed his family? He had a lot uh, of kids. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of, a lot of family. But Machado is he's in a bad spot now. So if I if I were him, uh, I would probably take a shorter deal with more money and and it, and then hope I have another free agent opportunity. What's your feel on Bryce Harper right now? I, I asked know. you before. Did you see, did you see uh, on on our High Hopes uh, Twitter account at one point? I, I wrote breaking news every day. Somebody's going to report something about it. one team is closer, and none of it matters until they sign. I I'm feeling better that I'll be happy with him on the team, but I have no sense of whether he's closer to this or not. I know one thing: he's much farther away from the signing with Reese, or signing with the Dodgers now because the Dodgers just signed AJ Pollock to four years. How so I think that takes for, them out. How is this good for baseball that there are so many players without teams? Because you're talking. Are, are we talking? Class. Are we talking yeah. about it? Well, that's how it's better. But is it good for the play of it's, baseball? It's it's Super Bowl time, and we're talking baseball, so it works. Do so you think this was intentional? No, just I, I just think it, I just you asked how is it better. I I said this is how it's better. You're talking about it. It doesn't mean it's it's not better for the players. Have you heard anything about? I heard uh, Chris Bryant whining about the yeah, fact that come on, come really? On. You heard anything about uh, Franco Hernandez and Kingry lately? They're still Phillies, right? <laughs> I guess we wait to see what's going to happen with Machado. Is that what happens? We just wait on our whole team until they figure out what they're doing. Apparently, and and for Fra- Franco, I, I don't know Poor how he, I don't know how he feels right now. But I wouldn't feel very wanted. I mean, it's like, hey, we'll keep you until we can find somebody better. Because the the next story is is once if Machado signs I like elsewhere, you, I feel like you, you have, have that feeling when you do the radio show with me all what? the time. Like I'll keep you until I find somebody better. 
to do the show with. <laughs> I feel like sometimes you shoot me a look like that. Like, yeah, I'll keep talking to you, fool, until I find somebody better. Give me, give keep me, talking. A, give me a little Sixers talk. Philadelphia is now thirty-two. Everything's and, perfect, right? Thirty-two and seventeen on the season, fourth in the East, three and a half games behind the Wait, Raptors. Can, wait, can, we, can we just say? Well, I'll say it at the end. Yeah. Why'd you stop me? No, go ahead. You were on a roll. roll. Sorry, I, I was know. doing well. I know. Uh, two big games they won this week uh, after a, against Western Conference teams. A, look against Good Western, Western Conference. against Western Conference teams. They are twelve and four this season. Um, they best, have best record, best record in, in against any other team out west. Yep. But you've got concerns. <laughs> uh, it's not just me, but but uh, our friend Keith <laughs> reported Keith quite Pompey. a quite a list. Uh, um, so, so we tell ha- me who's in and who's out. So there. we have we have Butler, who's now seeing a specialist for his wrist. They right? say that it's more precautionary, but he's been out. That's fine for but a he, week now. But seeing a specialist now, thankfully, should worry the, you. the Sixers signed Corey Brewer to a ten day contract, right? Who's played really well? Yeah, he was a real. I mean, he was he a was real a pass. pass. Yeah. yeah, we're gonna get to and, the game. And he was really good at it. We'll get to the game in a he's second. A, he's one of those guys that you like on your team, but you would hate he's if he's on another team. Oh yeah, yeah. He's just. I mean, he there was, were always players like that, though. Uh-huh. Where it's like I could never for them. I could never for them. Oh, they're here. That's right. <laughs> okay. Uh huh. Um, so you have that problem. Okay. You have Embiid's back problem, which seems to be a recurring issue now. Um, so that leads me to the question of Embiid: Do you sit him? Do you let him play in the All Star game? I say no. You know he's going to play in the All Star game. Uh, That's a, here's the thing. Go and goof if you're around. Joel. Have him play. That's fine. If you're going to have him play in a game against the Houston Rockets when mm-hmm. you're up by that many points and sore back, he's going to play in the All Star game. Apparently, Embiid is dictating if he plays. Like they go to Embiid, then they go to the doctors, and then yeah, they Charles Barkley didn't think that was the best. Move, he did but, not um, think that that was the best yeah. way to do it. And mm-hmm. and I'm look, they open themselves up to questions. Let me tell you, as somebody who's tall, but obviously not nearly that tall, as you get older, you have back problems. It's it, it, the taller you are, Dude, it's I'm, known. I'm short, and I've got back problems. We'll see. You? There you go. But <laughs> but it, it becomes he's got you know 270 pounds that is con- and and he is constantly slamming his body on a hardwood floor. I wish he wouldn't fall down as much because that's since since the day they signed him that's what drives me nuts is that he seems to be on the floor at the end of every play sometimes on top of the other guys but he he seems to fall a lot and so you're going to have these back problems and he's got it when when you have them you have to deal with them especially since you know you're going to make the playoffs so you have to ha- take those precautions but if they don't have him in then who plays center Amir Johnson, who doesn't get in a game unless they're up by 35? Well, I think that's why they're sending Justin Patton down to the Bluecoats, hoping that he can be something. We got to hope he's something, but he's only played a handful of games in his NBA career. Details, Jeff. Why do you, you like Debbie Downer? No, I'm just saying. <laughs> I mean, they ha- they, I've been saying all season, they have to get a backup center. And, and Jonah Bolden, as good as he has been, is not a center. He's not. But did, you see, the, did you see the highlights? I know you didn't see the San Antonio game. Mm-hmm. See the highlight of the play on both ends of him where he had two blocks, then ran the court, Simmons dished it to him for the dunk. Yeah, he he's incredibly athletic. Probably his best play he's had yeah, as a six. And, and, and I I still strongly believe that the G League is he's he's a, a success story because of the G League. Well, you were missed at the G League the other night. I missed. It. I the, was I was so bummed that I was the Blue not there. Coats had all their brass there to open mm-hmm. all the Sixers brass there. 
Uh, Bernard Hopkins was there banging the drum. Cody was there. Cody, their new yeah. mascot, uh-huh. to open the 76ers Fieldhouse. Uh, we'll get you there. Uh, but it was Soon. It's a beautiful facility. Yeah, uh, I can't wait. You know, it's a great, and, you know, talking to some of the players and the coach and, um, you know, team president, they're so excited to sort of finally have a home. Um, they have a lot of home games in the second half of the season. If you well, and it's them. it's going to be. I mean, think about it. That they have so now they have Justin Patton down. So now you have somebody else to go watch for hopefully a short period of time, and then hopefully he can come up and help the Sixers. And you possibly now they're saying that Zaire Smith is going down right now just for workouts. But I, I'm excited to get, see him actually get on the court. Well, I was asking you whether, I mean, I would think that Shake Milton and Haywood Highsmith won't be with the team this weekend because they've got Embiid, Chandler, and I, I've got to think that they're, they were on out. the plane to Denver, don't you? You would think so. They and, have to be. And look, I mean, we've we've enjoyed our time talking to both Haywood and, and Shake, and, mm-hmm. you know, Haywood's kind of fine in his sea legs. This is only going to be his second game if he if he makes a trip with the team. Um, if you are around the Wilmington area, the Blue Coats have games tonight and tomorrow night, so... You can catch it, Jeff. We'll go down next week. We'll we'll get you broken in there, to see the games. Don't worry, okay. have enough here. Cody, um, Cody, I'm coming. Yeah, there you go. Mm-hmm. Um, college basketball. You getting excited? Well, I mean, I I watch college basketball. Where all is the time. Michigan now? I know they lost. They're while number you were away. five, so they're playing tonight. They actually, they lost to Wisconsin, right? Yeah, at at Wisconsin. At Wisconsin, yeah. I saw. So that. so now they have they have they're actually playing at Indiana tonight. So, um, but to me, the bigger story, especially for us is Villanova. I mean, Which you can catch their games here on 610 ESPN. Yeah, there you go. There's a plug. See, uh, we do but, our job. But, but so here, here's the deal. For for those Villanova fans who were freaking out at the beginning of the season over the blowout from Michigan and then the subsequent loss, time to take a deep breath. The ship has been righted. Jay Wright's doing his job with new players. Remember how many players they lost last season after winning. Really on a seven-game winning streak? Seven-game winning streak. They're 15-4. and four. They're undefeated in the Big East. They're 6-0, and oh, and they're in first place. They're back in the top 20 at number 18. Tomorrow, they're, I mean, uh, Sunday, they're in uh, the Wells Fargo Center playing a Seton Hall team that's lost three in a row, is going in the wrong direction. I think they've righted the ship. I think that people can start seeing. I would be willing to bet you by the end of the season, Villanova's back in the top 10, and they're either a two or three seed in the, in the tournament. Take that to, to the bank, Ryan yep. Lennox. Mm-hmm. Uh, catch them at home against uh, Seton Hall, like you said, on Sunday yep. at the, the Fargo Center. Yep. Um, they will be playing there because the Flyers will be not. Correct. They are still on NHL All-Star break. Yeah, that's a long break, by the way. It is a long so break. long. Did you see Carter Hart has now been sent uh, reassigned to the Phantoms? So for your it, thoughts, by the on way, that, so people freaked. I know out when they saw. So people thought that Carter Hart was sent down to not be with the big team right. anymore, uh-huh. not sort of realizing it just gives him the chance to play two games and stay seasoned before the team. So comes part of back. me wanted to feed into that and say, uh, you know, do you buy into this whole moving him down? For tanking purposes, say, but but uh, there's only so long I could keep a straight face. He was sent down to continue to work and to play games during the All Star break. So everybody, again, deep breath. But does it, this Carter mean Hart that, is just staying? Active. Does this mean that Carter Hart is staying with the Flyers for the rest of the season? Of course he is. So so we've reached yeah. that point where the quote savior, yeah, is here to save. Like he's going to be the guy, or is he? I wasn't intending to be clever, 
but I'm give it to me. That's all I it. gave it to. Is this? Do you think that when, if any of the other Flyers goaltenders yeah. ever healthy, does he become the backup? No. Or is he the starter no. and their backups? No, nope. he's the starter now. He he is now. Uh, he it's his to lose. Is the way I would. And put look, it. the team was so playing could, better heading into the All Star break a little bit. They won, and he's holding his own. At, at, at is one of the youngest goalies to ever have this many wins with a defense that's like Swiss cheese, right? I mean, they leak like a sieve. Uh-huh. It's just unbelievable, and it's probably going to get worse because they're going to. I would assume they're going to start trading off pieces for future pieces. So you as think you they put. trade defensive players? I think they trade players, so I don't think it. I See, I actually think the trades that they make would be to bolster the defense. No, like I if think you're going to get rid of a wing. You think they're going to get back a younger player that's not going to play for the team? No, I think they're just going to get a younger player who's going to need experience. So you're probably going to trade the likes. Of, although we say this every year, Wayne Simmons. Uh, you trade maybe Voracek. I know people think this is sacrilegious, but maybe you trade Claude Giroux if you can get the right pieces. I don't trade Giroux. But I told you I trade Simmons you, but because you, I think that JVR can play, come up and play that role and you can strengthen your defense. I think Simmons has the most value at a position that you can potentially backfill. Do you want to do something that's going to win you more games this year? No. There's, this is a one-player draft, just so we're clear. There's, there's one guy in this draft. But By the way, not, he's undersized. They're but. not really tanking. They're just losing. Well, they're doing a really good job at imitating tanking. They're losing. Edmonton's going to get it, by the way. Edmonton's going to get the number one pick? Yeah, they're a disaster this season. And I don't get that at all. They just fired their manager and their general manager. I don't don't, wonder if Hexton. I don't know how that happens. Got Connor McDavid, and you can't do anything. Exactly. I don't, and believe me, I'm I really thought that this was going to be an Edmonton versus Toronto Stanley Cup year. I, I, Boy, I'm glad I brought an expert I in know. for the show. <laughs> I still think Toronto can be. Yeah. Um, we talked about it. Okay. So since we're not trading Claude Giroux today, okay. your thoughts on him being the Flyers representative in the All-Star game? It's fine with me. Who else Who else was going to be the representative? Well, I mean, he is the representative, right. but are you a – how do you watch the All-Star games? Do you? It's fun. You just, I like the I like the new setup. I think I think it makes the look a regular All Star game was was becoming boring. It wasn't. It's it's an, another All Game Star game that doesn't really work. Making it this three on three competition with shorter games and having the bracket and the whole thing makes it more fun. And and they they do make it so that the winner of the competition gets the dough. So, I like the skills competition. I always love the hardest shot. Yeah, but that's I mean that's that's the and like the before, accuracy but. where they knock the plates off in the corners. If if I had to go to either the game punch the or, or <laughs> well, no, they're made of they're made of uh, styrofoam. I don't have really good accuracy. I actually have one at home <laughs> if you'd like to see it. Of course you do. Because <laughs> no, well the the AHL All Star game was in Atlantic City a few years ago. So we actually went to both the skills game and the. And Never the talk game. to me about the sports that I watch Why? on TV <laughs> ever. You used to give me such a hard time at DVR stuff, and you went to the AHL game. Well, hey, that's where I learned about Ben Bishop. <laughs> ben Bishop was the goalie, and he was like towering over everybody else. <laughs> yeah. I said, first, first time I saw Claude Giroux was in a minor league game. Was it? Yeah. So, um, old school fans. Do you remember Spectrum. the glow puck yes. from Fox? I heard they're bringing it back. No, not exactly. It's going to so be pink, right? 23 years later, um, their NBC is going to showcase puck and player tracking. 
as part of its broadcast in the skills competition. So each player in puck is fitted with a microchip. The amount of available information could be overwhelming. Look for everything from NASCAR-like bubbles over players' heads to skating and shot speed to ice time and even a small trail behind the puck as MBT takes tracking technology in hockey for a test Well, when you said bubble over his head, I was like, does the chip actually read their mind? I so wanted a thought bubble (laughs) over their head. Now, that would be funny. Okay? That would be... When when you say that there's a chip implanted in the puck and the player, where are they implanting the chip in the player? See, this is it not, is helmet. This is a G-rated show, Jeff. I'm not going there. <laughs> what? I don't know what they're doing. I'm, my yeah. guess is on the jersey or on the helmet to try and okay. track it. But are you a fan of more data? Like for fantasy people, this is great. For gamblers, this is going to be great. For the general for hockey the game fan, or for the skills competition? For both. the skill? No, for the skills competition. It's going to be for both. This is this is coming to the NHL. They're test driving it here, but right. this is coming. Well, baseball already does it though. Anyway, yeah, because they do it with now. Now you don't just get the speed of the pitch; you get the the descent, the descending rate of the pitch. You get all sorts of stuff. To me, it's all too much information. As much as as much as I love statistics, uh, at some point, it's like too much. I, I, I if I'm watching a hockey game, I really don't care about the speed of the puck. If I'm watching the skills competition, then I do. Do you like this time of year in sports? Why? We're in between the Super Bowl. We're not quite at March Madness. Baseball hasn't started. Yes, because there's sports on every day. For, so you like it because it's on, even though all there the isn't. time. Yes. Are you as as somebody who who spent a couple weeks away on business and and only got to watch the two football games and the one basketball game? Uh, I mean, how many times did I text you saying I miss sports? It. it it's a part of our lives, and, and it's it is it, it, I the thing that kills me is, and luckily I love baseball. Is that time in the summer when there's nothing else? Yes. So when you like the All Star Weekend, those two, the day before and the day after, which are the only days of the year, that there's there are no no, prof- no major league major professional league, yeah. sports. Those two days are like a killer. <laughs> I I know it sounds crazy, but the. To, to know it doesn't, that, though, because I'm the same way. I'm like, what's on? I, There's nothing I, on. I no longer watch regular television. I, I want to watch sports. So this time of year, it, it's not bad because there's so much on. Now, I, I, I think December is probably the best time in sports. Oh, yeah. College football, <clears throat> NFL, basketball, college basketball, hockey. It, 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 there's, there's always something to watch. But as we get closer, when we get to you know, March and April, you have less. Well, that's going to be the last word. Thanks so much for joining us week. Make sure to join us next Friday night to help you start your weekend in style. Have a great one. Bye-bye.